Anything combat with Johnny K. But it's anything combat though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat Show, where we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by Muay Thai superstar. He just won his war. He just won his war in one championship Friday night fight nights. Please welcome River Daz, Australia's own. Uh, hey man, thanks for having me on, John. Appreciate it. Uh, apologize for the glasses already. My face is a bit smashed up, but uh, if you just want to see. But I just think it's better for the camera. I just keep them on today. What I saw when I watched your Friday night fight night was that I was just watching the fights randomly and writing notes. I, I've been trying to do more research on the UFC. I know so much about the UFC, so I wanted to do more research on one championship. As I'm watching these Friday night uh, fights, at like they're on at like 10.30 um, Australian time. You come on. And I see you and they say, Australian. I go, dude, the Aussie needs to win. He needs to win, right? And as I was seeing this, as I was seeing this, I sent you a message during the fight, during the fight, because that's how I do this, because I do my outreach. I, I, I send the messages. So I said, oh, I'll jump on the interview. I didn't care if you won, won or lost. I didn't really care. It's just the fact that yeah. you're Aussie. So the first thing that popped into my mind about you that hasn't popped in about anyone else was that there was potential for star power. Now I see so many, I see so many fighters, and I watch a lot of a lot of MMA, a lot of kickboxing, Muay Thai boxing, bare knuckle boxing. I watch all of these sports, so I can tell when I see someone that has potential. And the thing that I saw about you was that you had the look, you had the look with the tats and everything going on, right? You had the name value, River Daz. Like to be honest, in my opinion, that's like a fake name. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's a fake name. And third of all. You had a great personality, and fourth, you fought like an animal, right? I went, this guy is bound to be like an Australian classic soon. I feel, <laughs> I feel like truly, my prediction is that if you, if you're on this career trajectory and you're actually as good as what you say you are, because now I'm going to ask you later about about your kickboxing record and stuff like that, because I'm actually intrigued about it. But what I saw was that. Um, you have the potential to be a massive star. How do you feel about that? Man, they are like some of the nicest words. And like, I guess you are not the first person to say, I guess, special things to me. But like with that, I take it, I take it with me. I take it like a grain of salt. I'm like, yes. I've also had heaps of naysayers and I've had, I've had a lot of people, I guess, comment on my career and I just take it and I don't look too far ahead I don't wish for too much I just wish for the next opportunity where I'm able to I guess I guess showcase my abilities you know um, I've been in I've been trying to do this I've been fighting for about 10 years now and it's a roller coaster of ups and downs it's a it's a Roller coaster of just emotions and and just basically every day you just chip at it and you just hope for the best. You know, I'm just here, just trying to live live my best life, my greatest life, and just make memories along the way. It's an adventure for me. So if I ever make it to the top, the cream of the top, then um, that is definitely the dream and the goal. Um, but the journey along the way is what I'm striving for. I just love. I love training every day. I love what it makes, what it's done for me. I love what it, um, what it, it's, 
it just gives me purpose and direction. So um, I just take it one one fight at a time. Like literally, just take it as it is with every opportunity. So I really appreciate the words, Bert. Um, and yeah, let's just let's just see where this all takes me. <laughs> River the opportunity of those high ranking fights and those um, being up in the rankings and then fighting for the championship is a dream is an aspiration the only person that can make that happen is you of course yeah. right my my point that I really want to clarify is the fact that I think that the potential for like fame at, 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 a, at whatever limit it is I just feel like I feel like it's almost impossible to not have you in a position where the fans at least like know of you and like you very much. Like, yeah. do you see what I mean from that? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I do. Like, um, I'm always a really nice guy, but like, I think, I think particularly, I love, I love, I, I guess I love being in the spotlight. I love, I love being an entertainer. I always enjoyed, um, I guess the pressure of everyone watching me and I really, really like really take that in. Um, and then at any time or any point that I'm able to like be in front of the camera, I just make sure I'm as joyful and as happy as I possibly be. And I know that's affection and I know that's, um, that's, uh, what's the word, uh, contagious and people, people generally gravitate to like, lovely and happy people so I always want to just be that person uh, it, it seems to just be working in my favor like yourself you just you've definitely uh you've definitely uh enjoyed my charisma that's for sure <laughs> what was it so like I think I love I love being in the spotlight yeah but particularly I just and I'm just a very lovey I guess very happy person generally all the time and I think people gravitate towards Yes, happy people, or in like I think that's just um, what's the word uh, contagious, and especially I remember now when I'm in the ring or when I'm getting ready to perform, it's like I want I always envision that my performances were just like a lot of fun or a party. I never really walked into a fight and thought, okay, this is gonna be like. Uh, like Mike Tyson, I'm not like, I don't walk into fights, I know that I'm not that person where I'm like aggressive, angry, like that's just not my demeanor, I'm very, I'm very much an anime character, I'm very just light-hearted, energetic, and this is just what I like to do. Um, and it normally just comes out, you know, any anytime you, I see people, I just want to say learn, I just want everyone to get excited when they see me, and and I just know that's extremely contagious and people have told me many times they're like, hey look, if you just like, I guess, show your confidence and show your charisma, um, a lot more can come uh, towards your way. I wrote down that uh, little, it was a tidbit from what you said before, which was about the compliments that people gave you. And yeah. and I feel like you were talking about don't let the haters, don't let the downs get you too down and don't let yeah. the highs get you too high. Because I've always yeah. experienced yeah. this, that, that once you're in the state of being, of what Alex Casera said to me, do you know who Alex Casera is? No, unfortunately I don't. No, sorry. Okay. Fighter, UFC fighter. He said, he said, a state of equanimity. He said, if you're like this, and 
and you have a negative, you go, well, I don't care. You know, it's a negative. I don't care. So I'm just going to stay back to my center. But then, then someone gives you a compliment and it's, oh, I'm up, I'm up here, I'm up here. And that leads to, I'm not going to train as hard. You know, everybody loves me. You know, it, it starts, it ruins you worse than you would even think and a, uh, a, a comment putting you down. And this is exactly what Conor McGregor said, which was uh, a win, a win can do more harm to a fighter than a loss ever will. Yeah. Oh, ha. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I agree with all of that. <laughs> um, I think for me, I think just purely just because of how long I've been in it, it just comes with the experience and the wisdom. It's been about 10 years now. Um, you just have ups and downs every day. and You really just need to enjoy the process. And then with the process, you have the good and the bad comments and everyone wants to, I guess, because you are in the spotlight, people critique your career and they feel like they have an opinion of your career, right? Um, but you you just need to remind yourself that you are doing it for yourself. There was this thing that I saw on TikTok. It was called uh, automatic negative thoughts, or they would call ants, right? And I used to watch, I used to have like the comment section up on like YouTube fights or any fight that I was watching live. And I just see all these comments, but then I would just change the direction of my thought of like these negative comments. So I'm like, oh, these are just ants. And like people's thoughts or negative thoughts or these are just ants. And I don't need to worry about ants so much. They just go in, they pass, they just move on. And it doesn't, I try not allow that to affect me because uh, about a year ago, I was struggling with like, uh, I guess mental health. I was having a lot of anxiety with one of my fights, um, which made it really difficult to actually have interviews like this um, because I was just like in my own head worried about what everyone else was saying. And unfortunately, because I was the underdog, there was a lot of negative stuff that was actually coming my way. And um, for me, it took a lot of like, I guess, process to really work on that. But now we're in a better place, so. <laughs> Congratulations, River. I love to hear stuff like that. That's excellent. With um, that anxiety, what advice do you have for people that went through something similar that are, that are looking for someone like you to help them? What would you say to them? You know, you, like, what I found was extremely beneficial was, okay, speaking to people course like I did get like at one point I did get some professional help as well um, if you're looking at that point and you're feeling like that's a question in your head then do seek it out um, there is that is always like a perfect place to begin with if that's already a thought in your head if it's a thought in your head that maybe I need some help then maybe it's already gone too far and that maybe that's the point in time that you should think about doing it right or you should just go share it up and do it but for me, it was a mixture. It was just knowing the right people around me that I could trust and that like I've, I would talk to them specifically and just be like, just like, it was just like talking to my parents, my partner. I was just like making sure you guys know me 100%. So like I will tell you everything and then you, you can like lay it out with me. You just need to know the people that you can trust to talk to. And then the last thing was actually having positive and constructive conversations with yourself. 
you know, like taking some time to actually be alert and sitting with that thought. So really, I would say if you're strong enough, then if your thought was, why am I anxious about people's opinions about me? And then you can really try and dissect down, is it about opinions of people, uh, is it people's opinion about me? Or is it about my performance? Or is it about the way that I'm training? Or is it, and then just slowly, slowly try to really narrow it down and then say it out aloud. As soon as you say things out aloud, it seems like you, it doesn't have a hold of you anymore, if that makes sense. But I guess that took some time. That took, yeah, it took a lot of time and it took a lot of strength to really like work through all of that process. But there would be my steps. Did you take that fight on two days' notice? Is that what you told me? Yeah, I took it on two that's days' something I didn't. Uh, that's something I completely didn't know about. Can you run us through that process? Did they give, When did they give you the call and when did you prep and accept? Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, basically uh, what had happened, can I, I, this is a really long story. Is that all right? Dude, dude, literally waste as much time of my time as you want. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so how it all started was I had, I had a, I had my debut in June, June 30th, about two months ago, all right? But unfortunately, I lost. Uh, I had, a, at that point, I had a lot of doubts, I had a lot of issues, and a lot of, like, mental blocks in my head about this fight because it was my first time training outside of my gym in Melbourne, um... It was my, it wasn't my, I wasn't alone. I had my partner there, but I guess there were a lot of new things that I had to deal with. Like one being that I was in Thailand, Thailand with my partner. I didn't really have my gym there. I was with a different gym completely. I had to put all my trust into them. Um, it was on one. It was a really big, uh, it was a large promotion. It was four ounce gloves. There were just a lot of things in my head that I guess I had to overcome. Um, but unfortunately I lost. Anyway. From that, I thought that was me done. I won championship. I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, I think I've lost. I don't think that I can move on. And then Mr. Wong, the owner of Fairtex, was like, I think you did exceptionally well. And I was like, really? I lost, unfortunately. And I was the only one that lost out of the 12 fighters that fought that weekend from Fairtex. And I was like, oh, I really thought he was going to give me a hounding. And then he was like, but I can see that you're unprofessional. I was like, excuse me, I've been in this game for about 10 years. And he's like, no, no, no. What I mean by that is, is that you are from Australia, I was like, and you train part-time, and then you have to work, you have commitment, you have responsibilities. Whereas your opponent, Silvio Vitez, he's been out here for two years. He's all he does is just train. And... He, that's all he does, full-time, trains every day, and that's all he needs to think about, whereas you have other commitments in your head. I was like, that's a fair point, okay? He's like, but I think you're a diamond in the rough, and I think you're, you have potential, and I can see that. I thought that you were a better fighter than him, but we just didn't have enough time to, uh, I guess, smooth you out and really, really, like, grow you. So what I think is that you should definitely come back and I'm willing to take the risk on you if you're willing to take the risk on me. And uh, I offer you a sponsorship. 
you can live and train here for free and then we can go and try and take this journey on uh, together and I was like really oh my god and I basically I thought he gave me another a lifeline and then me and my partner were talking about it we're like well you can't really say no it's an opportunity of a lifetime people would like dream of this and I was like okay and then I'm like when do we come back he's like you should come back as soon as you can I'm like, all right, I'll come back. Uh, I'll show face because two weeks from now, I'm off to Peru. So I was like, okay, I'll just show face. I'll come in. I'll come in and I'll just train. If there's an opportunity that comes up, then cool. Anyway, I come in about two months ago and he's like, he's like, cool, we'll just train. It's a bit too short for you to get back on another opportunity on one. But just train and then we'll see if something comes up. Okay. So I was like, all right, cool, I'm here. I was training, training, and I'm planning on leaving FedEx in Thailand uh, next Monday. And what had happened was, okay, I've been here for about six weeks now, so I might just fight on FedEx fight, which is a lower promotion. And I told Mr. Wong, I'm like, Mr. Wong, do you think um, I can do that? I just wanted to see, I guess, all the progression and all the all the things that I've learned, I just wanted to put into practice to make this trip. Uh, I guess I feel like I felt like I did something on this trip, you know. Then when it happened that night, me and the missus were walking around getting some dessert and Prem, uh, the managing director of Fairtex and also one, gives me a call. And he's like, hey, Rip, are you ready? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, look, I got an opening for one this Friday. I'm like, which Friday? Like in two days? And he's like, yeah, in two days. Are you ready? And what way? And I was like, uh, can I, well, how long do I have to answer? He's like, uh, by the end of this phone call. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, if I was going to fight next week, let's just go. Like, whatever. Like, if I'm going to fight next week, I might as well just fight this week. I'm basically ready. I feel ready. Well, I feel ready enough. Yeah, all right. I'm 70% in. Let's do it. Who am I fighting? No idea. Prem's like, no, no idea. Okay. What way? No idea. What way do you know? I was like, oh, I think I'm about 68, 67 kilos. He's like, okay, leave it with me. And then leave it with me and I'll let you know in the morning. And I'm like, uh, sure. Okay. And then I get just so overly excited. I was like, should I do it? What should I do? Should I do it? Okay. I tell a couple of people. I was like, actually, nah, of course. I've been training for the last six weeks, seven weeks. Like, whatever. Let's just do this. Let's just do this. I'm in. I'm 100% in. Whatever. Then the next morning, he calls me. He messaged me. Oh, sorry. I went for a run. Uh, next morning, I went for a run. Sweatsuit. Cut some weight. I let him know. And then he's like, okay, what do you reckon you can get down to? Was like, uh, probably 65. He's like, cool. I've got an opponent at 65.8 kilos. I was like, ooh, that's a bit big. I normally fight at 61. And he's like, yeah, but you only got two days to cut. Don't worry. Like, your opponent is probably, he's probably in the same boat because this is a completely new fight. He doesn't know what you're talking about, doesn't think about it either. So whatever, just like, do you reckon you could cut down to 64 in about two days? I was like, yeah. He's like, don't even stress, man. Like, Wayne's in Thursday, it's about a day from now. So like, like I think 65, eight, uh, uh, all right, all right, whatever, I'm in. I'm 100% in, let's go. He's like, cool. 
Uh, you need to catch a cab from Pattaya, which is about two hours away, to Bangkok, and it's leaving in an hour. I was like, okay, I'm going, let's do it. We get there, we get there, I weigh in, I do like, I guess, equipment check and everything else, and I'm like, oh, do you know my appointment? And they're like, no, I don't know yet. I'm like, okay, cool. We get to weigh-in day, and then I find out my opponent, and it's non non takit. He's um he's been out of the game for about six years, but he's a veteran. He's uh he's an elbow he's an elbow magnet. He's basically just an elbow machine, and he's known for his kicking as well. But from 2014 to 2018, he was the cream of the crop. But he's been out, and people were telling me, oh no no no, he's a bit soft. He like. But I think you have a good chance if you just jump on him straight away. And this was like a day out. This was one day when I found out my opponent. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, I'm in. Let's go. But that was like three days. That was, that was three days of adventure. Three days of like, yeah, whatever. Like I believe in myself. I believe in my training. Let's just do it. And then the game plan was just to rush him from the very start. Um, jump on him because, uh, in my own, in my honesty, like he's a much technical and more uh, stylistic fighter than I am. Like he just he just has uh, technique side down. So if I was able to, if I was going to trade with him that way, he would have won a hundred percent. They were just like, just make it as rough as you can. Just be in his face. You're fit. You're ready to go. Just go for it. And like, don't stop for uh, for three rounds. But everyone was telling me that he hasn't fought. He hasn't fought. But I did some research on him the morning of the fight and found out that he had fought two months ago. And he also trains with PK Senchai, which is a, a very well-known gym, one of the powerhouses in Thailand. And I was like, nah, this guy's coming. This guy's coming for a fight. Then... And then what you saw is what you saw. Right. <laughs> so, mm. were you happy with your performance, or do you think it could have been better? Well, I always I'm a like I'm the harshest critic. You are always the harshest critic of yourself, you know. But um, I can only say it was as good as it could I could have possibly have been for that point in time mentally physically I was as ready as I will ever be for that fight with two days notice I guess you know like if it was like if I had all of the choices and if I had it all like if I got to pick then I would like it 61 killers I'd like a full camp and I'd like everything to be correct but like it was as good as that was as good as I could have possibly been. And could I have been smarter? Of course. My face tells me that I could be. Um, could I have been stronger? Of course. Could I have trained harder? Of course. But I try not to think about that at all. Like, I did what I had to do on that day. Um, I showed great heart, and that was it. I, uh, I, took, I took on a very, very experienced opponent. And fortunately, it was, it was on my side that day. Every single website that I went on when I was researching you, they all had different numbers when it came to your record. One champ, 
box rec all these things had all this weird stuff glory they all listed it as different numbers i got confused i need to ask you you've competed in boxing kickboxing and muay thai can you please run through your professional records the actual ones oh cool so boxing um i fought professionally for six fights five wins and one draw um my loss came from Steve Sparks, who was, I think he's either still current world champ of IBF, or he just lost it. Anyway, I fought for the Austro-Asian title in March of last year, 2022. So that was the peak of my boxing career. Um, and I'm a Muay Thai fighter, and I took it to the top of that of boxing as well in Australia. And then in Muay Thai and kickboxing together, it is now, I think, 33 fights with 31 wins, one loss, and one drop. So before one championship against Silvio Vettes in June, I was undefeated with 31 fights. Yeah. That's crazy. During those uh, 31 fights in kickboxing, can you please specify if any of those were tune-up matches? Can you tell us if you destroyed any cans or would you say those opponents were good opponents? Because this is, on my show, we always talk about the truth. We always talk about honesty. We fraud check every fighter. We want to see if they're actually good or if they're actually not. There's so many fighters that are lying out there. Now, personally, from what I saw last week, you're definitely not uh, bad. You're very good. But what, what would you say about those 31 opponents? Like, what were their skill levels? So I would say, so I never had any amateur, I don't have any amateur experience. Um, I would say there were, I guess, I would say 20% were tune-up fights for sure. Because especially starting with no amateur background and just, just going straight pro. Um, Mark, my manager and trainer at the time, uh, he d he had an eye, or he saw a lot of potential in me, and he always tailored my fights to make sure that like it wasn't always hard. It wasn't always like you're gonna have a hard fight here, but we're gonna just take it so that when you're there, you're ready for it. So, and I wouldn't say that like. All of my fights were very difficult, but they were always they were very competitive. Um, as soon as I made it to, I guess, Lion Fight and Glory, then everything was always 50-50. Um, yeah, that was, that was it. It was always like, from the start, from my first big title, it was like, okay, maybe one or two. Okay, they may be, it may be 60, 40, 40 my way. All right, cool. And then when it got to the big title, that's 50-50. And then it would do it again. And then be like, okay, 60-40. He definitely looked after my career. And uh, I guess without my, I guess, professional background in that sense, or like without that career package, I guess one, one championship definitely wouldn't have looked at me that way. Um, but by the time that I got to international level, Lion Fight Glory, it was all just 50-50. Is River Daz your real name? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> People ask me all the time. Um, but what I always say is my younger brother's name is Rain. 
and then my older brother's name's Earth, um, and then my partner as well is named Spring. So, just it just is what it is. Really. <laughs> Yeah. That's crazy. Which uh, which side of the family like decided like your mum, your dad? Who decided on naming uh the children these interesting names? De- definitely dad. Definitely dad. I think dad was always from the start was like, hey, look, I would like my kids uh, to have special names because they're special. Um, and I guess it's always been I guess a conversation starter with many new people. Um, and. My mother always wanted to name me Jamie, but I always felt like that was too ordinary. Um, but I really, really enjoyed that my name is River, for sure. How has one championship treated you? Are you happy with your treatment at the promotion? Do they have like a good standard right now? Or would you say that you were treated better somewhere like Glory? Um, oh, it's a good one. That's a great question. Like, Glory... Yeah, I think in comparison, I would say like, let's say in comparison, conversation wise, if you're not, if you're not there, uh, I would say Glory are probably easier to deal with when it came to uh, communication outside of the fighting. So let's say like, okay, we have a fight in about two months now, this is what you need to do, a checklist of visas, blah, 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 this is where you're going. They would coordinate a lot more of that. Whereas with one, I think that's where the organization would, uh, would probably differ. But then at the actual event, so from the hotel to the actual event itself, they were very similar. Like everything was organized for you. Everything was like well looked after. I felt, I feel like a rock star, 100%. Um, you feel, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you feel like well looked after. I would say the extravagance for me would be glory because I'd never been around Europe or I'd never gone to China as well. But I'd say that like that that Western extravagance felt like it just felt bigger in a sense. Um, but the fighting itself, uh, one championship definitely feels like cream of the crop. When did you move to Thailand and how long are you going to stay there for? Oh, so I've been coming back and forth for the last six months. And this originally started uh, at the start of the year, around January. Um, me and my missus were just coming over and one of our friends, Matt, was like, hey, you should come to Fairtex because in Melbourne for us to, we, there wasn't really anything exciting happening for us. You know, like we weren't, too intrigued at the time to fight a rebellion. We were like, we've done this already. We were almost at the like, I guess, we are at the crossroads with our career. We were both like, oh, maybe it's time to retire because it doesn't feel like there's anything in the near future that we could probably do. But our friend Matt was like, just come to come to, come to to Thailand, come to FedTex and just have a holiday. My missus ended up fighting um, and what had happened at the time was that we had found out that one Lumpini was about to happen because it only started this year. Uh, and they were saying that, look, this will be a regular show every Friday. It looks like it's going to be a, it looks like it's going to be of pretty good salary, meaning that you could probably make it a good wage if you lived in Thailand, um, lived in Thailand. And 
you could probably just live off the fighting. I was like, that's pretty cool. And I always wanted to fight on one. So I was like, oh, I'd love to give that a shot. Anyway, we left from that trip, came back, and we knuckled down for two months. And we just tried to align everything, and everything just felt like it was a breeze because I just asked and came to Fairtex, said, hey, look, I'm looking to fight on one championship. Would you? Is there a possibility? And at the time, we didn't know that I, it's actually very difficult to get a um, to get a position or get a fight on the card. But things had just worked out like it was just like meant to be type of type of situation. Um, and then from that fight, we offered the sponsorship. And then from that fight, I came back. And now I'm here. I'm about to leave to go to Peru. And then afterwards, when I come back, I'm looking to stay here for about six six months to a year, max maybe two years. But we should just wait and see. I just I treat it with every fight, really, like depending on how I'm going. You know. Before we mentioned that you've competed in boxing, Muay Thai, and kickboxing, is MMA on the table? Would you ever do it? And how do you think you would do? Um, I did. Like I did think about doing it for sure, uh, especially when I was a bit younger. I was like, oh man, definitely. Especially when like McGregor, like I was a big Jose Aldo fan as well, McGregor fan. Like I always loved the striking, um, but. I just tried to get into jits, and I did jits for two years, but it was always on and off. And I just feel like I just never had, I guess, the energy or the commitment for it. And it was just like, as I guess days went on, I just realized that like, I just love stand-up fighting. Um, and I just know that I'm a striker at heart and I forever will forever be a white belt. <laughs> like, uh, I love, I think I just love stand-up more. I just love the technicality of all of it. And I guess the further I push my career in that direction, the more I've just, like, earned in on my skills on that side. Yeah. When did you become affiliated with Fairtex and Mr. Wong? Uh, so, officially, it was uh, the start of this trip, so about two months ago. Um, yeah, he's like, just come back. And we'll figure it out from that. And I'm like, I don't, I'm, I've just been here since. And they've just well looked after me. And I like, they're like, because of my last outing just recently, they're like, yeah, come back. One championship loved me. And now Fairtex loved me. And I just, they're doing everything for me. So it's been a fantastic two months. And I just can't wait to see where I'm going to take it from that. What's it like fighting in Australia? In comparison or like... I mean, is 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 there a comparison? Like, is it good in Australia or is it shit? What would you say? Like, it's different. So I would say, you know, like what I what I got from Australia that is very different to to Thailand is that it's more it's more of a um, it's more of a show. There's just there's so much more involved in the show part of it. In Australia, so like you got to worry about ticket sales. You got to worry about, I guess, like people coming to the show. It's a, it's a lot more of a big day event, right? Whereas here in Thailand, it feels more like a sport, and it feels like the things that you need to worry about in Australia, like all the entertainment side, you don't need to worry about that here in Thailand. Um, you can just be an athlete and 
all of like I guess tickets and all of that is already well looked after. But without the experience back home, I would say um, I wouldn't have been used to the pressure of so many people watching, um, as well as I guess knowing the cues of when to be ready, knowing what a backstage is and all of that. But in terms of fighting itself, I think Australia teaches like technical skill way better than here in Thailand in a sense. I don't know how to explain it. Like we we break things down, we explain like it makes it easier for a beginner to really just I guess hone their skills. Or in Thailand, they're like, just train, train, train for a second. Don't really teach you a lot. Just get you fit enough, and then you will get your experience from the fighting part. That's my experience from here in Thailand. Where, if I were back home, it's more like, okay, this is how you, this is how you punch kick. This is where you simulate sparring. This is how you do it. This is what will happen. And I think that's a lot more like tailored for a beginner technique side. But then you really learn like the grit power I guess the fighting abilities here in Thailand so a mixture of both for like anyone that's like wanting to start their career or like looking to take this seriously a mixture of both uh, is definitely well needed um, having having that mother nature side like in Australia look well looked after you're not getting hurt too much you're not learning the skill fantastic and then come here learn the grit learn the rounds do everything Go really hard. A mixture of that too, I think you'd be a very well-equipped uh, martial artist. What can you say about Hammer's Gym? How have they helped your fighting career so far? Man, like without them, I wouldn't be where I am. That's that's the start. That's for sure. Like, um, that's where I began. Um, definitely Mark, my my training was, he, he definitely kept me on a straight and narrow. Um, but he's extreme. He was very well experienced. He definitely knows everyone. He's well. Um, what's the word? Uh, he's well respected in Australia. He's well looked after as well. And without him backing me and without his guidance, I wouldn't be where I am. So uh, definitely, I definitely like uh, Er Er Hammers Jim and Er Markable, especially for my career. Let's say someone's watching this show right now and they've never watched your fights. Can you describe your fighting style to them in all your combat sports? My fight style is I am a relentless 50-strike combo artist. So I will corner you and I will throw everything at you all at once and then be, uh, be gone before you are able to counter. That's basically it. And then... While here in Thailand, I've learned how to just be gritty, tougher, and be able to hit harder. Yeah. Who's your favorite Australian combat sports athlete? Ooh. Oh. Damn. That's a good one. Right now, I really like, like, boxing-wise, I really like the zoos. I like, yeah, it just... Right now, right now, I'm really, really enjoying boxing, especially, um, this is the younger brother, is it Nikita, Nikita Zoo? He's, 
I'm not too sure about the younger brother, but but uh, Tim, he's an animal. Yeah, brethren are just they're like they're just they just have like what I was talking about. They have the mixture of the grit and the raw and the brutality. They have that. It's like it's part of the it's just part of the family generation. They just know that part of yeah. They've been taught that, but then they just have I guess the balance the balance of professionalism, sharpness, smooth. And it just they just mix the two so very well, you know. That's that's I look at them and I'm like, yeah, that's that's like, that's a complete fighter. That's a package. That's like, okay, I know you know that you're tough. You know that you're you're strong. You know you can punch on, but then you also know how to work the camera. And I think I think a mixture of the two is really hard to do. You're either one or the other sometimes. And if you're able to put the two together, I think that's like fantastic. So, excuse my ignorance, but Friday night fights with one championship is a brand new kind of concept to me. Um, it's it's relatively new. They're up to their, whatever it is, 20 or 30th show, whatever. I think it might have been 23 that you fought on, right? Was, I think it was 31. But... Okay, well, there you go. It shows, shows you how much I know. So, <laughs> can you tell me, is that just one championship, but one of one's shows or is yeah. that like is that like their equivalent to like Dana White contender series to bring people into the like one championship like how does it all work it, I guess a mixture of both so it's it would say it runs every Friday here at Thailand in Lumpini right um, and the cards are just stacked they're always just ridiculous fights okay but what happens is that everyone is fighting for a one championship, excuse me, one championship contract, okay? One championship contract is the really big fights that happen on a Saturday night, all right? So they're the ones that, like, you see, like, I guess, Rod Tang, Taiwan Chai, Stan Fairtex, all the world championship fights, that's where you see it. And then the money's better, the bonuses are larger, whereas this is where... I guess, like you said, the contender series. This is where everyone's um, gunning or battling for that contract to get onto the big global shows. So this would be like a domestic show, and then moving on to the global show. But this show itself is just as big, and if not just as crazy as like all the one championship shows that you see that are live on Prime. Yeah, just as a comment, I saw that when you click on people's record in one, they have the Friday night fight as part of their one record. So it's like that level of skill, just a separate show to get into the big show, right? Yeah, so, and that's, that's what I really like about it. You'd like, the, like the show itself is just all the caliber of the fighters on that show every week is just, it's ridiculous. It's it's yeah you you have to be on your a game to be there and then if you're doing very well there they'll give you um a contract to the global show and then that's when you're getting like fifty thousand uh bonus and that's when like that's when like i guess real real money comes through and that's what everyone's aiming for yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit different of a setup to Dana White Contender Series because if you win and you have a really good fight up against two undefeated guys and you get your UFC contract, you still don't have the. It doesn't count as a UFC fight. They've kept it as its separate promotion. So if you look at the record book, 
people might have had, like someone like Bo Nickel, he's popping off right now. He had two Dana White contender series fights, but he hasn't. it doesn't count towards his UFC record. And that's what confused me about one. Because uh, when I started watching Muay Thai, I realized all of these are one championship um, fights and they count them all together. And I, I really like that. That's sick. Do you think that that's going to uh, breed the next like world champions going into uh, one championship? Man, especially with Muay Thai, so like, because it's so new, and I think the biggest change is the four ounce gloves. It, you, like, you can just see. Do you remember like with old UFC and how I guess not so much at the very start, but that middle part with like um, what was his name Chuck Liddell, Rampage. And yeah, that that era. I don't know what they specifically call it, but that that branch from Pride to the UFC with yeah. Dan Henderson. That that's yeah. where you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know how like they were just rough and they were big bangers and they had they just went in there. Whereas like you say, you look at it now and they look more of like an MMA athlete. They know how to clinch. They know how to grapple. There's just a more of a more well developed mixture. I feel like where one Lupini sits now is where, uh, I guess, that era of UFC, it's just like big hands. People are like, are just going for it because there's big bonuses. Um, people are just going for the knockout. There isn't, I would say, as much technical skill as you would normally see in a Muay Thai fight with bigger gloves. But because the show is happening every week, I feel like the development of the fighter and the athlete and the show is just moving so fast um, that you might see, I guess, a complete Muay Thai package like of the elusive skill, the sharpness, the, the correct, um, I guess, I would say styles um, in the near future, probably by the end of the year, if not next year. Like I think the adaption and the evolution, evol- evolution of the sport uh, is moving so quickly uh, but just because of how regular these shows are run. Yeah. That is a really, really interesting and creative take, and I really like that. Right. My next question for you. Yeah, you go on, sorry, go on. No, it's just, just, just how I see it. I just see it because, like, like, everyone's going in there to win, to win by knockout, and they just think because you're just wearing small gloves, that's the easiest way to do it. And then... Of course, what's your first thought when you're trying to get rid of the small glove is probably learn how to defend the small hands. And then, but because these shows are happening every week, you watch a fighter do it the week before, and then five weeks later they're in again. Like the skill and adaptation by the end of the year, and if you had three, four fights, like you watch um, Tyson Harrison, he's fantastic. He's probably one of my favorite Aussie Muay Thai fighters right now. From his first fight to his last most recent fight. He looked so sharp. He looked, he looked very complete. He just, he knew the game. He knew, he understood like the four rounds. He knew how to defend. And that's, he's only been, he's been doing it from the very start. So it's only been like eight months, but he's only had like three, four fights. And he just looked, he looked like a completely different fighter. But that's what I'm saying. If every fighter is getting pushed this quickly through it, I think you will see a completely different evolution of Muay Thai by next year. That's what I think. My next question for you is a fun one. So can you please rank out of 100 the current health rating 
of Australian combat sports. This is boxing, Muay Thai, kickboxing, MMA, and Jiu-Jitsu. If you had to say across the board out of 100, what would you give the current score of 2023? 2023, I'll give it about 80, 80, 85%. I think we're doing very well in both boxing and MMA. Um, yeah, I think boxing, especially in Australia, is doing... Uh, yeah, it's just gone crazy. Like, Tim Zhu's fighting for a world champion. Uh, Steve Sparks also had a belt, world championship belt. You had, um, who was the great, what was his name? Uh, George Cambosis. Cambosis was unified. That was boxing. And then you had... Hero. Yeah, Hero, 100%. He's doing so well. And then you got um, oh, MMA. Excuse me. MMA. Really small guy. Volkanovski. He's doing so well. Um, I think, like, combat sports for Australians, it's like, it's up there. Muay Thai as well. I think the feeding ground in Melbourne, especially, I think, like, with the roots and Vamashur for the amateurs, you just see a great development of amateur fighters moving into, uh, moving into pro rank. I, like, I look at it now, like, the amateur fighters are probably, like, what we used to be when I started as a pro, like just the skill level is so high. Just it's just evolving so much faster. I think because combat sports now is uh, definitely, um, I guess, seen as a really is like extreme. Is sorry, combat sports now is even more popular than what it used to be. Um, I think Australia is still doing very very well. I feel like what is a hindrance though is that we are so far from the rest of the world. And I feel um, for like, I guess my my issue or I guess anyone at a pro level, the hardest thing was trying to get a connection with overseas promotions. So the reason, one of the reasons why we did come out to Thailand was one of my thoughts when it comes to Thailand is that it's actually the mecca for combat sports. I look at it like it's Hollywood for actors. Like anyone to everyone in combat sports seems to come out here to train, find fighters, or just be in, like Thailand is just known for fighting. And just to be a part of that, like I, things have just happened for me. So I feel like that is probably one thing that's going to slow down Australia is that people should probably get out. But when is the right time to do that is, in, is, is the question you need to ask yourself. That's my thought. The suggestion I have about just MMA right now, the landscape, I love MMA. It's my favourite sport. I would say that we need MMA World Cup. I think the way we can unify every single every single promotion and really put it to the test, everyone's so patriotic and so nationalistic when it comes to fighting. I support some fighters just because they're Japanese. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you know what I'm saying? I'm not Japanese. Like, I like him because I like how he represents the Japanese people. Like, Takuru It's one of my favorites, right? Like, wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like I've been, I've watched him. Like I've watched his highlights that many times. And like, if people don't know him, I'm like, I'm not one of the first people to be like, "Hey, bro, you gotta watch this guy." Like, just watch him. There's some people that are just a different breed, and they say it, and you go, you go, no way. Like every fight is a different breed. It's like, no, there's a level on top of a yeah, different breed, yeah. and it's shit like that. Oh, so, man. so you know the point I wanted to make. 
response to two, bro. <laughs> yeah, go on, you go on, you go on, you go on, you go on. Uh, in a way, in a way as well, he's just on a different level. You just like, you watch him, he fights at what, 59 kilos, but he hits like a heavyweight. And you're just like, how are you doing it? And you, I just like, I just get obsessed with that. <laughs> I'm getting up, I'm getting up for you just some information because there's a fighter that you really need to look out for. He's a MMA fighter. He just made his debut in the UFC. They've been building him through the road to UFC out, output they have. Okay. Um He's 2-0 and in the UFC, but he did the road to the UFC, which was three fights. So that's five in a row. He's undefeated, 8-0. and zero. Um, Wrestling champion, crazy boxer, 8-0, and zero, Rinya Nakamura. Look out for this dude. What's his this name? dude. What's his name? Rinya MMA World Cup, I'm telling you right now, is the way to do it. For all, to unify everything from that sport and have it hosted in a different country like the Olympics, right? And having a massive tournament just like K1 or Pride did with the massive trophy and have this bracket tournament and you get maybe whatever it is, how you qualify, doesn't really matter, but you get these little representations. Like I always thought about it. Imagine if we had like the lineup and you have the national team and then let's say the national team the national team for brazil would be like at the time would be like aldo at um featherweight barbosa at lightweight and then welterweight would have been gilbert burns you know what i mean and then like australia let's say australia conceptually would have volk at featherweight um Uh, we don't have someone at lightweight, but welterweight Jack Della Maddalena and middleweight Robert Whitaker. You know what I'm saying? Like, like having a World Cup, like, do, they won't do it because of money. But I'm saying right now that that is that is out there. That is the that's my dream. If if anything like that happens in my lifetime, I'm gonna be blessed. That'd be sick. I think you know that makes a lot of sense. I always I always like they always do that. It's like country versus country anyway. So it's like. Why not just make it a thing? <laughs> Bradley Martin versus Demetrius Johnson in MMA. One championship, open weight fight. What's your prediction? Oh, I'm going to, I won't put it out there. Like, um, I actually have no idea. To be honest. I don't even know when it's on. I haven't even kept up. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's not a real fight. Do you know who Bradley Martin is? No, unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> Google, Google Bradley Martin. Google Bradley Martin. I could tell. I could tell. I cut this part out. But Google Bradley Martin and we start it. I can, t- I can tell when people are bullshitting me. Yeah, bro. I was like, who? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, give me What's this? DJ says that he wants to fight. He's been calling him out. Both of them have called each other out. Really? I think it would be a Full thing, on. Though, Full on. The guy, the guy weighs like uh, like 100-something kilograms, but it's just the fact that if DJ doesn't have to do a weight cut, DJ is that feral that he's saying that he wants to fight him. In one champ, and one champ does open weight. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, yeah, I'm being serious. Like, they're actually been talking about this for the last three months. Have you not heard of this? Bradley Martin, but what are you looking at? like the bodybuilder type guy? Exactly, he doesn't know how to fight. That's the whole point. What the fuck? What the fuck? No, I have not heard about any of these. What the hell? <laughs> DJ DJ said, "Yeah, Bradley Munn, like, dude, I'll finish him. Like, like, I'm easy. I'll finish him. Like, DJ doesn't give a fuck, dude. DJ's out of control. 
What the and fuck? Then D- and then DJ DJ proceeds to win that jiu-jitsu competition and get gold. And then the first question they ask him is, when are you fighting Bradley Martin? He's like, well, when Bradley's ready to go, I'm like, I'm ready for it. I'm putting all my chips. I'm putting all my chips on DJ. If, if the betting line's wrong, I'm putting DJ by finish. I can't, I can't like... Nah, I gotta, you gotta represent the martial artist, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> this is crazy, bro. So, so question for you. The, the real question is, if that fight goes down, what do you think about DJ, like, calf kicking and leg kicking him and really destroying the legs? And then what do you think the grappling sequences look like between someone that heavy, that trained a little bit of jiu-jitsu, up against someone who just won gold and is a, like, 13, 14-time MMA champion? I think... Is it MMA, right? It's MMA, yeah. They do. They might. Bradley, Bradley might pussy out and might go jujitsu, but I think it's probably better for him to do MMA because it will probably help Bradley. Uh, really? Because I think because DJ said this thing about um, about uh, MMA grappling and jujitsu grappling is completely different. Like he just he was, I just he DJ always looks like a snake and. If you're, nah, especially if you got striking involved, he will make a fool out of this guy. I swear, he'll probably just like slide on his back. It, DJ like is still very humble, so I reckon he will still go for like a rear naked and just go for and control the back. Cause, but if he was vicious, he would probably just he would like I can't see him like breaking arms or anything, you know. But if it was Bradley Cooper. If I wanted to fuck with him, like, this is my mental side going now. If I really wanted to fuck with Bradley Cooper, especially for, like, the next next year and a half, two years, I'd you mean You mean Bradley him. Martin. Bradley Martin. Bradley Martin, sorry. Like, if I was looking at him, I know he was a weightlifter and everything else. Like, if I, like, this is my fighting side coming out. I'm like, I would probably snap a knee or an elbow. <laughs> just, just, just because you, you've been talking way too much shit. I'm sorry. But, like... Like, that's just my mental side coming out. Like, this is just, like, my fighting side coming out. But I don't, like, I don't know. I don't think DJ, DJ would probably just put him to sleep. Because he's, he's always played, I guess, nice guy. You know, he, he always looks like the showstopper, yeah? But if he, if he had, like, that mentality, I think he would just go for an arm. Just get rid of an arm. And then what can you do? You can't wait lift it without a leg. You know, I think that would be, like, that would be the most... Yeah, that would be the thing ever. I think you should do that anyway. <laughs> so that's my that, that, that fight's going to be crazy. The next topic I want to discuss with you is yeah. an interesting one again, because you're on the Anything Combat show. We talk about anything combat, you know what I'm saying? Um, I say one championship should host a divisional tournament every so often and bring a whole bunch of people in with that one weight class that want to do it and put in less weight rules for the one championship, become, becoming the less weight champion of one championship. I think they should open that up and do a massive, um, massive maybe six-month six month tournament where they have like 16 positions uh, all to fight for the one belt at the end. With like, like with Vert? Like... Less way you can do bandages, but you can also do headbutt. So I'm saying like one championship, like less way rules. Ooh. 
Hey, think about the people that would rock up. Think about the people that would rock up. Like if you if you put the money down and you say, oh, like 200 and you say 77 kilo, don't you think some Russian kickboxer who wanted to do some illegal moves would rock up and be like, all right, I'll try this out and some random guy will win it? I think for the money, fuck yeah. I think anyone would fucking jump in. Especially like, <laughs> I think anyone would jump in. Like, what was it? Wasn't there like an open weight? Didn't they plan an open weight uh, kickboxing like, tournament? Right, for a million. That's bucks. crazy. And I was like, yeah, I don't. Is that still going ahead? Like, damn. <laughs> never say like, never, bro. Never say never. True. Bare knuckle boxing is a thing as well. I don't know. Would you do it? Would you do it? Like, how personally, much per- personally, when I when I do like MMA. I always find myself in a position where there is an illegal strike open, but I don't go for it because it's rude, right? And you can't, right? For example, for example, you're standing there and someone's a little bit too heavy on their front leg and you just have the oblique straight on their kneecap. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you don't, you don't want to do that. So you go for the thigh or you go for a push kick. You know what I mean? But I'm telling you right now, if it's a position where it's like anything's allowed, do 12 to 6 elbow, headbutt. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just how I think about fighting. It's not about, it's not about how MMA is telling me to fight. It's how I think about it. Like, I want to grab someone's face and headbutt them. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are your thoughts, right? Because it doesn't happen in UFC about the soccer kick. Like, Soccer kick should be legal every single time, bro. That is horrific in my if head. You, if, wow. you, if you are on the ground in a street fight and there's no ref there yeah. uh, and somebody chooses to kick your legs, then you have the opportunity to push kick them, or like put like kick, yeah, kick yeah. their legs from the ground or or you know frame off also by the way it will, it will teach people to get to their feet much quicker by the way sure, instead of stalling right. right when you get when you get push kicked i've been in positions where within a second the person's back up and there's other positions where they they get push kicked they fall and they stay there and that's when you're dead right so it, yeah, it yeah. leads it leads to a situation where there's no margin for error or mistake so in mma if the soccer kicks legal then you go to the ground you go oh he's coming for me i get back up frame and he's throwing punches immediately instead of i'm on the ground let me just stay here because if you stay here it's going to incentivize them i'm going to lose the fight like because that's this guy's going to kick my head off that's, that's that's my take right I think that's the most craziest thing is a soccer kick, bro. Like, damn. Like, but then yeah, I think about it. I'm like, if you're in a position to get kicked in the face like that, like, yeah, you're prepared for that shit, sir. <laughs> like, think about it. Think about you being on the receiving end of a soccer kick. Wouldn't you try and grab a leg and go for a single leg? You know what I mean? Like, like I know it's hard to do, but, like, you'd have to move around. It would make the fights, like, way more chaotic. Yeah, straight up. You would have to be... Wait, is stick, soccer kick still available? It's not available. It's still it's still legal in one, right? From memory, it was still legal in one. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit confused sometimes because things change. I don't know if one championship has the soccer kick, and I don't know if Ryzen has it. Like, there's some weird Japanese promotions that are still doing pride rules, but I'm not too sure. Because I remember seeing that. I remember seeing soccer kicks. I'm like, damn, that's some like. That's a that's a full boot <laughs> to the face, bro. <laughs> yeah, 
But I can't remember. I thought it was still legal in one. That's why, from memory, because on knee to the head was still legal in one as well. Knee to the knee to the head on a grounded opponent should be legal as well, and the twelve to six elbow should be as well, in my opinion. Yeah, I think these are all these are all good weapons. What do you mean? They don't make that makes it's a hammer to the face. Like fuck yeah, you need to. <laughs> It's 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 actually just a tomahawk if you if you think about it. Like there's no reason why it should be illegal. My my next my next question for you is actually a question about you instead. So what divisions have you fought in? What weight classes have you actually fought in? So sixty five point eight is I think it was that's the biggest I've fought. So my last last Friday's fight is the biggest I've ever fought. Glory was sixty five kilos. And I normally fight about sixty-three to sixty-one kilos. Yeah. What do you have planned for your Peru trip? Oh, dude, we're doing Machu Picchu, so we're off there. <laughs> yeah, we're hiking, we're chilling out. Um, yeah, we're just doing a lot of hikes. I've never been to South America. I've always wanted to go. Mrs. always wanted to do Machu Picchu, so we're just gonna hike, chill out, just be with nature and just be hippies. Just do the complete opposite of fighting, bro. Just, just relax. Cause I need a break, especially after that last fight, bro. Like I just, I just need to sit down and just, just zone out for a second and just like enjoy just the adventure. Yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Have you watched the movie Road to El Dorado? The cartoon. Yep. Yeah, with the with the lemurs and everything. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, bro, that shit's gonna be like your Peru trip, is it not? Yeah, I was like, I was, I was telling Spring, my partner, about it. I was like, I'm pretty sure it was Atlantis or Road to El Dorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, really? I'm like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> my my next question for you is about the Glory Four Man Tournament. How did you feel after getting that done? That's one of your best achievements, in my opinion. <clears throat> one of my favorites. Definitely, um, <laughs> definitely one of my favorites, um, dude. I like seriously. I was looking at what was it just before I left for Thailand, man. I was looking at that trophy, and that thing was like bringing tears to my eyes. I swear, you know, like when like it's like a picture. It just holds so much emotion. But damn, that was that was by far, yeah, it's probably one of the highlights of my career. And I think a sad point with that was that because it was just before COVID, I really hated that this would have been my pinnacle. And I was like, nah, I need a gun for something else. And like, I was pushing for one, but dude, winning a four man tournament, I think there were 65 kilos as well. So they were a lot bigger. Um, yeah, you're just bringing back a lot of immersion and a lot of memories, man. That was like the best trip. It was in China. I'd never been to China. China is like Shenzhen, apparently, like, especially it was, it's just a whole new world. It just felt like it was so far in front with technology. Um, but yeah, no one can take no one can take that for away from me, man. I love that. I love that trophy. I love that feeling, and I, I can I can remember all of it. Like that was the best feeling getting my hand raised with that. <laughs> What's your skill level unbiasedly? What do you think you're capable of in the next like two three fights? What do you think you're gonna get done in one championship? Each fight's going to be extremely difficult now that you're here, yeah. by the way, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
honestly, man, like, I think I have to take it. Like, next two, three fights, I would say, just even with the next fight. Next fight, I just want to work on more power. Um, I was finally, I was finally comfortable. Like, I felt extremely comfortable with this fight. Um, but I just want to be able to sit down and actually show my, my technical skill. Um, yeah, that's it. Like, I think, I think my next, my next fight for sure, I, I still have a lot to prove with, uh, I guess, my technical ability. What, but people have seen, like, my heart and my grit. But I just want to show them how sharp I really am. And I still feel like, yeah, there's a lot more room for improvement there, for sure. What do you think about the current state of boxing, like boxers not fighting each other? What's your opinion on that? Sorry, you broke up. Sorry. What's your opinion? <clears throat> What's your current opinion on the state of boxing, even though it's a beautiful, wonderful sport, and the current state of fighters refusing to fight each other? Uh, I always feel like that's always going to be a thing, um, especially in boxing, because like money and business always always gets in the way of it. Um, and I think in in boxing especially, people are really protective of their um, of their records uh, because a loss on a boxing record is is very detrimental. Um, Whereas in Muay Thai, the complete opposite. Muay Thai, it's all about the fight. People just remember you for the fights and the people that you fight. And they don't really care for the end result as of much. They care more for your performance. And I love that more. I wish if it had, if boxing had that mentality more, uh, you would see more crazy fights for sure. But I think, I think the not the level, but I think the spectacle around it uh, wouldn't be as grand, if that makes sense. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's not the right way to say it, but I feel like maybe that's a hindrance to boxing also. And also what makes it so good is the money that's involved in it, but that normally stops majority of big fights. But I feel like all the world boxing right now, like, all these unified um, champions are all taking big fights. They're all, all these big fights are actually happening on the world scale. So I think it will follow suit in Australia very soon. That's what I think. Who's the most famous person that you've trained with or been trained by or met in combat sports? Dude, I've met so many. <laughs> I've met so many. I've met Anderson Silva. I've met... Uh, who else have I met? I've met GSP. I've met, um, uh, I've met Overeem. I've met, uh, man, who else? I met, I've met Steven Seagal. Um, one of, I think, the two that stand out for me would be GSP and Anderson Silva. For sure. They were Overeem as well. Like I guess those three names, they were definitely standouts for me, because Overeem, he was like, it was just to be in his presence was just like it was amazing, but he his way of teaching, um, 
was easy. Like he was able to teach very well and was very charismatic. And I think he was extremely fun to learn from. GSP, GSP is so smart, so smart. He just dissects everything down. And he, yeah, he was, you could just tell he's phenomenal. And then my favorite by far was Anderson Silva. Like he was, he just he had just lost in Melbourne to uh, Adesanya, uh, but he decided to do a seminar. But you know how you said like you can just pick when they're fake or not, like on camera. Like what I what I noticed with Anderson Silva was that he was the exact same in front of the camera and all of his interviews as he was in person and in person he was even more humble and more enjoyable to be around and if I could be any like anyone of any of those three I'd love to be like Anderson Silva he was just he was just a top bloke just a genuine person and then a school fighter you know he was just a great person first and then fighter after that's all we have time for ladies and gentlemen thank you so much river for coming on the show is there any final remarks or statements you want to say to the fans at home um just thank you uh thank you to everyone that watched thank you john for your time i really appreciate it um thank you to everyone that supported me dude i i i'm over the moon with like i guess with everyone sending their support especially after this fight like I appreciate everyone. Thank you so much. And um, nothing. I'm just. I'm just so happy that I'm getting to live my dream, and you guys get to watch. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm making um, people happy as well. And then I hope that I can persuade them to push for their own dreams. So thank you so much. Follow River Daz on Instagram. Link in the description, and subscribe to Anything Combat on YouTube. See you guys next time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mwah!